0: Welcome to the LaunchBox Podcast. I'm Anjali, and I can't wait for you to get to know plant-based kitchens from around the globe. Every episode will unpack inspiring stories and delicious menus of spots that are guaranteed to be your next food experience. Welcome to the podcast, and I am very happy that you guys are here. But before introducing Mikuna to us, I would really love to hear who you are as people behind this plant-based kitchen.
1: Okay. So do you want to go first? Yes, I can. Well, I have been a vegan for 20 years now, and my journey actually started as a young activist, and then I went to Ecuador to save rainforests and monkeys and birds. And there I met lina uh, who then also became a vegan yes. after meeting me. Um, and from there on, I think we just developed a lot together into what we wanted to do and how we could change people to eat more vegan or how we could change the view to vegan food. And we always experienced that when we went out to eat, it was really boring and really not tasty food. And we thought no one will ever start to change the diet if the food is like this. So we opened Cafe Mikuna. And um, yeah, it was great. It was a rough start. We didn't actually know how to run a cafe, uh, we just knew how to cook really good food. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was the beginning but of course there was a lot of uh, administration and stuff we didn't know so that we have to uh, to get to know as well and then we became quite a success I would say Mm -hmm. and we really loved this when elderly men came in probably because their teenage daughter went vegan and you could feel Mm -hmm. how they were so heavy when they entered the room and they didn't want the food and I just want black coffee and then they saw the burger and okay, I try a burger. And then in the end, when they were going to leave, they said, Oh my God, if I didn't know it was vegan, uh, I would have loved to eat that. And yeah, I think that really gave us a lot of energy to make food actually not for vegans, but for meat eaters. Yeah. Uh, to make them change the idea of what vegan food could be. So a lot of the food in there was okay, I'm already talking about the cafe. <laughs> this was supposed to be about me. <laughs> Well, I have a daughter that is two years old, and yeah, uh, yeah. still, still going strong with the vegan food. That, yeah, and like and uh,
2: like Seal said, I I'm Lena, and I became vegan when I met Seal. Um, at first, I reacted like everybody does when they meet a vegan. I mm-hmm. thought she was a bit annoying, and because she was asking all the questions that vegans do. But uh, I changed myself. Um, we were working together, like she said, in the Ecuadorian rainforest for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never asked any questions about saving animals in the rainforest, but eating meat at lunch. Uh, mm-hmm. But still started asking about that and how that made sense to me, and also the destruction of the rainforest had a lot to do with what we were eating. And I didn't get that at that point, but I guess still kind of opened my eyes to that. And at that, uh, I was actually in um, culinary school uh, at mm-hmm. that point, but I didn't finish uh, my studies because I became vegan <laughs> before, and it wasn't possible to finish my study so um but yeah i'm uh i'm just a happy vegan semi-chef and we work in all kinds of vegan things not only in the kitchen like we Mm -hmm. do a lot of different things uh, and then we're just best friends on the side so yeah yeah, we're together a lot
1: yeah i changed you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think it, it was a bit strange all these people working as volunteers in the rainforest to save uh, the wildlife and yeah to try to uh, release animals back to the wild and then at home they would eat all the animals they they knew so i i, I felt that was strange like there, and i think you got that like yeah. okay it is a bit weird that why will we save snakes monkeys birds small cats and then we eat the rest of them yeah yeah that's us
0: yeah Well, I really love how passionate you are about what you do. So I just want to rewind a little bit. You were in Ecuador and you guys met each other and you thought you could bring this sustainability back in Denmark. How was it? I suppose you were part of the first wave and you came here when I guess... Almost nobody else was here. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 for sure. For me, uh, when I was like seventeen, it, it was really hard being a vegan. Like I think most chefs they took it as a, do I call it an insult. A, an insult if you ask for vegan food in a restaurant. It was just like, how bad can I make it for her? Because yes, yeah, she, she she don't care about her food, and that was really not true. I really love to cook myself and. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, we started
2: Mikuna in 2014, and it was the first uh, 100% plant-based... Yeah, vegan cafe. In almost in, in our city. Um, there, there were a few, like, vegetarian places, but there'd never been a plant-based one, like, 100%. So we really felt like we were the first wave, which also made it a bit difficult, because, like, now you can get everything everywhere. We couldn't really get any products, and we were, like, we're not afraid of, like, meat substitutes. We wanted everybody to come and enjoy the food. So we wanted to make burgers with like meaty patties and stuff, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't get that anywhere. So uh, actually we had the, um, like uh, the group anime, which is like a, what would you call it? Animal rights group. Um, Mm -hmm. They, uh, twice a month, they went to Sweden and got burger patties for us and drove them in a chilled car uh, back to Aarhus so we could use them in the restaurant. It's totally different now, but uh, back then we needed volunteers to go get food for us so we could cook with that. So it was really, really first wave for that. I mean, Seal had been vegan, vegan for a long time, but for the restaurant business to get into it, that was very new.
0: And you were located in Aarhus. Aarhus is the second largest city, right, in Denmark? Yeah. How, how was it accepted?
1: Quite well, actually, yes. Also, the the, the neighborhood we were in, uh, well, uh, very interested, and we got a lot of, uh, how say, regular customers uh, yeah. that were not vegan at all uh, or vegetarian. So, so that was kind of cool. Um,
2: yeah, we sort of made material and stuff before we opened. We made sure we had like little leaflets and flyers we could give to people if they would like <laughs> get into any kind of conflicts.
1: <laughs> but we
2: didn't have a lot of that. Actually, probably not really any. That people were just yeah. super nice and really open to it. Um, of course, the vegan community in the city loved it, uh, but everybody else just seemed really open as well. So that was nice.
1: Yeah, in the beginning, it was uh, it was tough because uh, we had a lot of health uh, caring. Do we call that? Yeah, like that people that cared about non fat, no sugar, no salt in their food. And we were not at all about that. We were all about that. Mm-hmm. It has to be vegan and very tasteful, and it could be a greedy. And uh, so I, a lot of the first customers were actually. So is there no sugar and no salt in this? We, no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's not that. Um, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, but as soon as people realized, okay, they're cooking really good in here, then it was
0: uh, it's really good. And I think that's what's most important, right? Having plant-based food that looks good, tastes good, and that everybody can eat.
2: Yeah, exactly. We think there's probably another change coming where maybe it doesn't have to be like focused on looking like the dishes that we used to eat when you were a meat eater, but mm-hmm. we're so far from everybody plant-based right now that we think it makes sense to make dishes that are recognizable and taste and have the same sort of texture, and, but even better. Because, we, yeah. yeah, we just really tried to make it super, super good. We, we won an award for the best burger in um, in Denmark against all the other burgers. Um, the big burger chains and everything, um, even though it was vegan and all the others were full of meat. So we were quite proud of that.
0: And I guess that's where I am as well with you guys, because in 2018, against everybody else playing in the burger scene, you won, right? How, how was it for you back then?
1: It was actually a bit strange because we were in the middle of closing our cafe um, <sighs> to like start a new chapter because we wanted to cook more for, um, for yeah, distance or like like for, for the, the, what is it, the Thailand Oh yeah, uh, like to get our products into the supermarkets. Yes, uh-huh. we, we wanted to work on that and still do festivals and street food around in Denmark. Um, and then we won this prize and we were just like, oh my God, the next month we closed. <laughs> but we were super proud. And yeah. so I think actually we felt so bad that we uh, that we closed the cafe that we decided to make a cookbook <laughs> uh, with all the recipes and to make sure everyone could yeah. could cook the food we cooked in the cafe.
2: But it felt like it felt quite crazy because our... It was it was a, like a um, consumer base, so there was votes and stuff, but we were just up against mm-hmm. like McDonald's and Burger King and also just like more sort of gourmet local burger joints who just had yeah. great reach. And um, so we, we actually, we don't know how it happened. We're super, super <laughs> proud, but yes. uh, but, it, but it was quite surprising. We still have the, uh, in our offices now, in our little kitchen and office, we still have the uh, award hanging because we're so of proud course. of it. That was a, a really good day.
1: Yes. And I actually remember, like, it, we have just been at the Russkiller festival and we, we don't really sleep for five days when we are there. And we just like start cooking four in the morning and we close also uh, at four in the morning. And then the first team comes to, uh, to start preparing burgers. Uh, so we were just. We just woke up, I think, after four hours sleep and looking at our phone and said, oh, my God, we won. I'm oh like, <laughs> totally tired. and yeah.
0: What a, what a rewarding feeling, right? And just overall a success. What was the decision making process behind closing the uh, cafe itself?
2: I think when we started, we didn't have any kind of like, experience from the restaurant business uh, not uh, like running service and all of that. We didn't have any from that, but also not just running a business in general. So we just threw ourselves into it, which meant that it was a kind of a steep learning process, but it was really fun. It was great. But I don't think any of us, we just opened it because we wanted to have a vegan place in our city. Um, mm-hmm. Not because we probably really wanted to run one, but that's how it, that's what happened. But then after, I think we had it for four and a half years or something. It was just, uh, I think we were just really tired and uh, ready for somebody. We were really; it was important to us that the people who took over kept running the kitchen as plant-based, uh, just in, in a different name, and that's also what happened. Um, but we just wanted different things. I think our journey f- from the rainforest was like we were so hands-on in the rainforest, trying to like save every single animal, slowly or like regrowing trees, and reforesting, and stuff like that. And then we just realized, okay, we probably shouldn't be here. If that's what we want to change, we should be in Denmark trying like, or in Europe trying to make those changes. And we opened a cafe that had a reach of our little city. And then we Mm -hmm. thought, what can the next thing be? And that would be getting our stuff into the supermarkets or maybe going out and teaching people about cooking or there there was just more ways to reach uh, people that weren't so hands-on again. And so the process was probably just that the dream was never to run um, the Mm -hmm. kitchen as such. We still do because we still have the festival thing when, when we're not, not under a pandemic. So we, we still go to festival. We're going this summer to Roskilde and um, Northside Festival. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited for that. But the process was that, yeah, tired. We were just tired and uh, it, it was a great run, but it's that's hard work.
0: <laughs> so I guess you just went back to your mission as Mikuna, right? Reaching as many people as possible. And it did not have to be a physical space. But now you are a, into events as you always were, but you also have the food products in the supermarkets. Exactly. Yes. Tell us about your partnership with the food retail industry. Like you're partnering with... Hannigal, I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly.
1: I, I think it's kind of correct. <laughs> 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 uh, well, yes. I, after we closed the cafe, I started to uh, to work with Hannigal as uh, their plant-based, um, how do you call it? Product developer. Product developer for, for their plant-based um, food. And then, yeah, we became good friends. And I said, you should definitely uh, start uh, putting some of our products in the supermarkets uh, together with us and develop that. And and they just felt like they wanted to be more on the plant based j- journey as well. And they they also needed a reach into all the fans we had like to show them, yes, we also are, are doing this. Um, so we started that and that was really cool and fun and hard work as well. Uh, there was a lot of things in the in the what you call so called production area uh, that we have to work around. Like, okay, we used to cook for a lot of people at festivals, but there it's like 250 kilo when you put it into a, wow. a, a pot. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things change with the food when when you cook like this. Like you have to try a lot because then there is more. What uh, dumpling?
2: <laughs> evaporation, I guess. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: yeah. Yes. yes, yeah. There's a lot of things going on when you start to cook this amount of of food from from a small scale to a big scale, and that was really interesting to yeah. learn. It's super fun. Yeah, and also how like machines can actually destroy the food that you normally mm. would take a bit more care of, and so it needs to be. I don't know if this is the correct English word, but it has to be rougher. Um, the, the consistency needs a more, how would you call yeah, that? like Tough texture to, or something. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very different to work with this, but it's like Hanegale is a company that has like, it's traditionally just a meat mm-hmm. company that just produces meat, but organic and without um, any e-numbers, that's like their big thing. Right. Uh, but they just have huge ambitions in the plant-based sector, and I think they saw us as kind of a gateway into people finding more out about their plant-based journey so it was quite it was good for both of us we're the small one in this but uh, i think it, it helped them as well to, to, for people mm-hmm. to just open their eyes to annegale being more plant-based as well
1: yes and i think like they started in the 80s being the first organic meat company in denmark like they were also quite uh, I mean, the yeah,
2: I... they were like pioneers yeah then, they were pioneers
1: that... for that so
2: And their slogan was always "eat less meat," which I really like. Meat company slogan "eat less." Yeah, it's always been that. Um, They wanted the idea back then was to eat better but less. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now they're changing that as well, like into actually less, less, less meat. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: What's the inspiration behind the menu? Comfort food, I guess.
1: I think also like uh, we always uh, had this, you know, like everything you can eat, we can make vegan. So that was always like, yeah, but you can't have this and you can't have this. And so, Oh, mm-hmm. we show you. We, yeah. we can make it. <laughs> yes. We just need to find the right texture. And like, we work a lot on this, like meat substitute text, texture, but actually mm-hmm. it's the uh, rounding spices that really make food taste like something. And and those spices come from the plant world. Yeah. Um, like all meat are also spiced with plants. So um so i think that's like our way we we cook uh, we looked into all dishes that way we...
2: yeah and then we tried to we had a lot of like danish classics on the menu also just general universal classics like burgers uh, and sandwiches mm-hmm. but also smørrebrød, which is like super traditional like the yeah rye bread uh, open-faced danish sandwich with a lot of uh, like garnish on it uh, we made those and um Yeah. And we make sure we had like Christmas menus for Christmas and just to make sure that all the things that like bring people together, I think as a vegan in the beginning, like still has been vegan for 20 years, she felt left out a lot. And we just wanted to make sure that people didn't have to feel left out anymore for making Mm -hmm. that great choice. So we wanted to make everything that people missed. um,
1: Yes. And also, uh, yeah, that they missed, but also looked like what they, the other people were eating. So it didn't have to look Uh, Very different from, like, yeah, the smurble, as Lina talked about it. uh, That was really important because I felt a lot of time like if my food was very different, the whole uh, conversation in a family dinner would be, What are you eating? What is this? What is this? And it's just like sometimes when you are a vegan, you don't want to just talk about that. You would like to just talk about what everyone else is talking about, not what's on your plate. I think that was uh, also like why we did all this takeaway menu for, uh, for holidays. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you go to the festival, like the Roskiller Festival, I know Northside is pl- going plant-based, right? Yes. It's so cool. Yeah, it is so cool. We wanted to be there, but that's another story. But what about Roskiller Festival? What What kind of, well, in general, what kind of dishes do you serve aside from burgers? Do you also have the open sandwiches like, you've mentioned
1: actually at ruskiller we are so i will not say the word f but busy like we <laughs> we work non-stop <laughs> with a huge line of people buying the burgers so we actually we don't have time for for anything else than the, the burger and it's also because like our burger all of it except for the bun and the meat substitute is homemade so at the 4 in the morning, we start to uh, to make the mayo and mm-hmm. cook the chili marmalade, make the pickles. And in some way, it's stupid because we have like four four dishes in one burger, like four things we make. Um, but I really think it makes the difference at Ruskill, Like people really um, taste that's okay, everything is fresh in this burger. It's made today. It's not some huge can opened. And mm-hmm. yeah and warmed up and um, so we we always want to make more food at Rascal, um, but we still only make the burger and yeah. hopefully next year or uh,
2: yeah because we we have like a practice run at the north side this year we're making an extra dish which is uh i think we can say that that's a, a tuna melt well it's a tuna free melt kind of panini thing to try that at, along with the burger um so that we have two sort of dishes um but like Northside is going plant-based and Oskida has this thing where you have to have, what is it called? That there's a dish, like you have to have an actual plant-based dish and it has to be a real wow. dish. It can not be French fries uh, wow. of a certain weight and stuff. And, and then, yeah, they also have the organic, 100% organic, just like mm-hmm. Northside has had for quite a while. So it's it's cool to see the festivals being so conscious of this, um, and we just really hope, like for Northside, that it uh, that it becomes a good first run and people like the food. So I hope everybody just really like all the the kitchens there just do their absolute best to make really good plant based food to to make it a success.
1: Yeah, this is really important. Like a lot of people will look to Northside and 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 the food there. What is the experience uh, of? Yeah, hundred percent plant-based food at a festival, um, because Northside is also known for like having really good food at the yeah. festival. So yeah, we really hope everyone is doing the best <laughs> together with us.
0: Mm-hmm. It's wild to just imagine or look back at how Denmark was some two thousand fourteen, and where we are right now. That you mentioned we can't even find. You know, all this that we have in a supermarket, right, where you can have vegan products. Before, it was almost nothing on the shelves. And now we're talking about festivals being 100% plant-based. How do you feel about this? Because as first movers, I guess you have impacted the whole plant-based or the restaurant landscape in general.
2: Ha oh, we're too uh we're too much from jutland uh, oh. we, we to say that but we hope we hope we did um change it somehow anyway it's just like it's so exciting and it just makes us really happy that the whole i don't the attitude towards being plant-based or vegan has just changed so much that even like older people outside of the bigger cities will just be like well yeah that's how it's gonna be and i'd like to try that and it's it, which was just, I I couldn't even have imagined that in 2014. So, and it's quite fast, actually. Yes, that's also
1: what I feel like in 2014. I felt, oh my God, it takes so long uh, before people start to change in their mind and see where we are today. And it's just like, how do you say it? A snowball rolling. It's like going faster and faster because everyone wants on board now. Like the big meat industry is also trying to make... uh, Plant-based meat substitutes and milks. Uh, the big milk farmers. No, how I call them? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, The producers. They also start to do that. And yeah, I think. Yeah, that's like.
2: Um, I guess sort of a a good thing that money drives everything and that's how you can really everybody was saying back in 2014 and way before that that you couldn't change anything and being vegan wouldn't really push the agenda but I mean whether it was the first vegans or what it was it did push it enough now that everybody's Mm -hmm. kind of changing I mean there's still a long way to go but something did happen and now like we have the first plant-based festival and there are several uh, vegan places in our city and just it's just so normalized Uh, we used to have to go like on sort of vegan vacations to germany to, to go mm-hmm. out to eat
1: um, which we happily did we still do but um, I, and i went to sweden to have ice cream,
2: yeah. <laughs> have ice cream. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: yeah i think that's the way like where we can where capitalism can be used a little bit it is true like the customer does decide and any i mean it's not that the big meat producers will care if they can make money on producing plant-based meat they'll just do that so so this drive comes from just demand and that's really really nice that that demand is there now
1: yeah and I guess it's not the demand is not from vegans it's actually from from what we call flexitarian what I think Mm -hmm. everyone is because no one lives only of meat but like more and more people are starting to choose oat milk in their coffee instead of milk even though it's yeah a lot of people are more open and they want to try a vegan ice cream and we also feel now when we go to Germany, like the, the vegan restaurants are full with people. It's, it's hard to get a seat and it's not vegan people that are in there. It's just people that are open minded and think it tastes really great. Mm. And, and that, that feels really good. Yeah, like
2: now Bistro uh, Lupa just got the in Copenhagen got the six star review in um, in Politiken, and I saw that they just had to have more open days, uh, more opening hours because there's so many people wanting to get in there, and that's of course not vegans. So that it's really great. Yeah, that, um, well, it's also vegans because vegans are great, but. But the, the general public is just opening up to it so much. And that is really great. And if we've had any part in that, then we're really proud of it. Yes.
0: I'm proud of you for what you have done and what you have contributed, even though you say you're very... <laughs> oh, ho- it's oh, what it's is just... A <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> you're,
2: you're very... You're, it's just, I guess it's just humble, but... From this, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but same for you. I mean, you have cafe as well.
0: Yeah, but we came in uh, later in 2017, but right now we're just so happy. I am just so happy that people are more open and I myself can go to, you know, different restaurants in Bistro and basically almost everywhere you can go in and have one vegan dish, right? But for you, what can people look forward to? I know you have the festivals, but hey, you have a cookbook, free, right? Free cookbook and the free partnership with Handigal? Yeah,
2: well, hopefully uh, more products or Surely, more products. We, that's we really want to work on, on getting more things out there. Um, so that's a sure thing. And then, like, we always have a hard time focusing, which is probably it's a good thing for us, but it's also probably <laughs> one of our problems. Uh, so we have like a little we have a poster shop and we make recipes and uh, product development for a lot of companies, and we make like social media content, like anything that just spreads the word um, on vegan food. And we would really like to make another cookbook. Um, the first one. Uh, we didn't it was a little maybe it was a little rushed. we would just love to, to make one where we just have time and and just can do it exactly the way we want to so hopefully another cookbook and then um, we want to get out more I think in the country and just uh, tell people like we're working with uh, calling right now um, to inspire their uh, like their uh, kitchens, in the city, like uh, the, the elderly homes and the kindergartens and schools and gymnasiums uh, to cook more plant-based, to teach them how to do that uh, in a way that works for their kitchens. So things like that we're doing as well. And uh, seal has a big dream to get a fleet of food trucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the dreams are all yes. there.
1: Yes. I, I would like a train of food trucks, just yeah. having their own, like own little place at eat festival was with, with four different food trucks cooking four different things and yeah yeah but let's see it's you're right we have um <laughs> we always have many things we want to do and yeah and i think right now our focus is of course more more products more products yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. I really feel your passion, and we know how it is in the industry. And it seems like we're putting off fire every five minutes. What is it that keeps you going?
1: I think for sure, like we realized not so long ago, we are probably not driven so much by money. Actually, like we really want to feel the products we or the projects we're doing. And for us, it, it's always about like food or something that's like can go like we also we still support the rainforest projects that we were on and we also would love to go back and start like um not rehabilitation of animals but like of the forest to to support the, um, the communities that we work with to buy more forest to release animals into and I, f- I feel we are always like around that, like like this, yeah, that's the, really our passion.
2: Yeah, the drive probably comes from that, from, like, yeah. from not fucking up the rainforest and from just uh, getting as many animals out of uh, animal agriculture as it is now, while well, not getting them out of it, but not having them bred into it, I guess. In mm-hmm. animal welfare is just a huge thing. I think there's so much talk about climate right now uh, when it comes to, to, to like the whole plant-based movement. But for us, like on the inside, it really is about the animals. And um, and I think that's just what keeps us going. And then it's super fun. It's a great environment. Like you know as well, like the plant-based business and all sides of it is just fun and great. And uh, I think good at working together uh, because it's the same kind of goal. So it's not as competitive, I feel, as um, as for example, culinary school, like the whole vibe of, of normal Chefs and culinary school is very competitive and a little aggressive Mm. in a way. And I don't feel like that's there in the plant-based kitchens pretty much at
1: all. And that's really nice. When I started, I I was an animal activist. And in a way, it was very sad. Like we watched all these terrible videos and we went on the street and we made a lot of people angry. And I think this, uh, it really helped to be much more positive to like make really good experience. And Mm -hmm. To make people uh, be be happy around you instead of like, have you seen how they treat uh, fur mm. animals? And um, I think that was really much better for for me, like yeah, for, but for my with own huge self. respect
2: for the people who do the all this. Thing. For sure,
1: I mean they do a lot as well. They they turned me yeah in the <laughs> beginning, So uh, so see how, how much wave that made. That, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm not saying that's not... I think that's very important work as well, but it's also a really hard um, psychological yeah. work. Um, and yeah, I, I think I love to to see people's faces when we cook for them. Yeah, that's still great. Uh, and especially men over 50. That's <laughs> just the best feeling to see them smile when they, when they realize, okay, this tastes really good. Uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the products that you create for everybody not just in the events on the festivals but in the supermarkets where we can taste more products and maybe cookbooks so that people can you know at their homes try more plant-based and find more exciting things because it is exciting it is fun to be eating plant-based it totally is,
2: and that excitement is, go- is like spreading now. I feel, which is nice.
0: And and if you have one thing you want Mikuna to be remembered for, I mean,
2: when I when we say Mikuna like this, I always just I think of the cafe, but it's like way more now. But if I think of the cafe, mm-hmm. I think it's just um, like amazing burgers, not necessarily for for plant based burgers or anything like that. It's just for really good, solid food, homemade. Um that tastes really good for everybody. Like that it's inclusive. I think, yeah, we want Nikuna's food, whether it's in the supermarkets or if it's the cafe or the festivals, just be inclusive. It's not it doesn't exclude anybody. Um we've always always said the thing that it like most religions would can eat uh, plant-based foods and uh, a lot of the allergens are out of our food as well. So we just want to be really inclusive and make really, really tasty food. And it's okay if it's greasy and salty.
0: I love it. Inclusive. It's the way forward, I, I believe. Yeah, we do too. Uh, so same question for you. Oh, we can ask. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. We would love plant-based food to be accessible. So if there's one word or if there's one thing, everybody is welcome. And we want to reach as many people as possible. We want to see as many people eat plant-based or maybe less and less meat. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. It shouldn't be like an elitist
2: thing to eat plant based It should just be for everybody. And that's, yeah, that's great. That, that's cool that you, you have the same kind of vibe.
1: It should be that vegan food is not a favel, but a
2: Oh wow! Well, right, yeah, it? yes, yeah. So you shouldn't like feel like you're missing out on something. You're actually just gaining something else. And I really feel like that's true for me. When I was in culinary school, I was not as creative as all at all as I am now. Or when I met Seal and I had to start rethinking cooking. I think it's so creative. And there's like I'm using way more produce now. Both like just regular vegetables. I've opened up to way more. And uh, mushrooms and just di- there's so many different things that you cook with when you cook plant-based that you might not because you're just so used to the same five kinds of meat and then whatever, you know, garnish you want to add on.
0: I totally agree because the parameter has not been set. So it's an open field and we can be as creative as possible. And yeah, more diverse, the better, the more colorful, the better.
2: I agree 100%. That's, uh, that's what it's all about.
0: I am so Thankful that you are part of the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, we're honored.
2: This is our first podcast and we're so honored to be on it. really happy that you reached out.
0: (laughs) You deserve it. This story is just what everybody should hear. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Thanks for helping us (laughs) spread the word.
1: Yes, we are very proud to be talking to you.
0: Yeah, really happy. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share it with others and spread the word. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Launchbox Podcast.